Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there and welcome back to the Letters from Your Dog podcast. Today we're going to be talking about teaching skills to our dog and how to do that and what the different levels look like according to my system anyway and most importantly how this can help you to be a more compassionate and patient teacher and learner for your dog. So for me I like to split anything that I work on with my dog into four main skill categories So I have skills, the first one. The second one is multi-skills. The third is advanced skills. And the fourth is life skills. So I'm going to run through them quickly, just to give you an idea of what they look like. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how that can help you and your dog. So the first one, skills, what does that look like? So for me, these are things that your dog can do in isolation. So you're just asking for one thing at a time. So this could be more traditional skills like sit or down. They could be skills that you want to do for fun, like jump through this hoop or jump on my back. They could be skills that involve touching you. So touch or squeeze, which is where we get our dogs to uh, come between our legs and sit between our feet. They could be things like asking your dog to release to their food bowl to have their dinner or anything that is just one thing that you're asking your dog to do. Next up from there we have multi-skills. So this is where we're asking our dog to actually employ lots of things that they know to create one single outcome. So this could be something like lead walking. So that is my dog is thinking whilst they're walking nicely on lead, they're thinking about not pulling forward, they're thinking about walking on a nice, what I call a U-shaped lead, so the, the lead is nice and relaxed basically. They're maybe thinking about walking to the side of me and not zigzagging across, across me. They're maybe thinking about not pulling towards that chicken bone on the street if you've taught them that. <laughs> maybe they will check in and look up at you. Maybe they are also smelling scents in the air and deciding whether to ignore or to engage with those. There is a lot going on in something like loose lead walking. Another example might be um, out and about. So you ask your dog to recall to you and they have to really employ lots of skills there. So firstly, they have to recognise the recall cue that they hear when you make the sound or when you call their name. They have to stop doing whatever it is that they are currently doing, (laughs) disengage maybe from another dog or from something on the ground that smells fantastic or from a, a bird in the tree. They have to make a physical change to their body. So they have to turn maybe and run back to you or walk or amble back to you, whatever it looks like for your dog. Um, And then they usually will engage with you when they reach you. So there's, again, a lot going on in a recall. It is not a simple skill. It's a multi-skill for sure. And then from there, we're thinking about advanced skills. So this, again, is something that's usually multi-skill on multi-skill. So you might be thinking about, in this case, recalling from a serious distraction. So let's say there are 
10 dogs playing together not just one dog that's ignoring your dog but 10 dogs having a wonderful play together there's again a lot more that's going on there for your dog thinking about being able to come back to you in that situation another example of an advanced skill might be um like a dog sport so something like agility or fly ball where your dog is having to piece together lots of parts of their training so in agility for example if your dog is doing a sequence they are thinking about waiting on the start line waiting for your release cue releasing when you say your release cue following your body signals following your verbal signals finding the obstacles themselves in some cases so I know that when my mum or dad is out in front and there's one jump followed by another jump in quick succession and I haven't been given another cue that I need to take that second jump there's an awful lot going on there not to mention all the other distractions that might potentially be going on around the ring when the dog is working Um, and maybe they jump over a jump and they get a scent should I follow that scent or should I keep doing my agility that is a high level advanced skill and that is why with agility or anything like that we want to build small piece by small piece by small piece you wouldn't take a brand new dog and just say yeah let's just do this whole course and see what happens because I can guarantee it will not happen (laughs) not in the way that you want it to anyway Um, Another example might be a search and rescue dog. So a dog that's been trained to find a person perhaps. So there's an awful lot going on there. So they've got a scent article that they're potentially on that they're looking for. They've got to ignore all the other scents going on, potentially other distractions from other kind of services that might be looking for that person maybe helicopters noises if they're on a coastal path the sound of the sea maybe they're working in darkness there's a lot to contend with so definitely an advanced level skill and then our fourth skill is what I refer to as our life skills now why is this at the end Hmm, interesting because a lot of puppy training courses will refer to themselves as life life skills courses we certainly have a life skills course um, where I'm based in Bromley in the UK and these are some of the most difficult skills to learn but they are skills that we just often expect our dogs to know. So this can be something as basic as being able to settle down and be quiet when mum or dad is on a Zoom call to work, working on the computer, being able to manage yourself when the post person comes or when a guest comes to the house, being able to walk past another dog on the street even though you desperately want to get to them and say hello and your whole body is wiggling, (laughs) being able to get nice and excited and have loads of fun and play a game of tug maybe and then being able to settle down again afterwards being able to be in the vicinity of people eating dinner and not be beside yourself with excitement jumping up trying to get on the table barking crying things like being able to be left on your own so when mum or dad goes out of the house and everyone leaves are you going to be able to just rest and relax or play with your toys or are you going to be really stressed wondering about when they're coming home that's just a few examples and there are many many more but these are still skills for the most part most dogs will not have these things naturally 
there may be some things that happen a bit more naturally with age so maybe when your dog gets a little bit older they're generally a little bit calmer but not always <laughs> and let me tell you if your dog has spent four years rehearsing and practicing barking at you when you have your dinner it doesn't matter if they get to two four six eight they're probably still going to do that so when you're thinking about teaching your dog skills Sure, you can teach them some skills like sit down, speak. You could teach them some multi-skills like recall from distraction or um, dock diving. You could teach them some advanced skills like search and rescue. All fantastic. But whatever you do, don't forget to teach them life skills and keep teaching those life skills throughout their life. (laughs) Their life skills for a reason. So, when we think about it in this way, when we think about every single thing that we're asking our dogs to do, when we're asking them to fit into our human lives, when actually we've got someone coming around to see us and we need them to be nice and quiet and lie in their bed because it's a serious conversation that we're having and we can't be distracted by the dog jumping up and barking the whole time, for example. Have you helped your dog to be able to do that? Have you equipped them with the skills to be able to do that? And sometimes we haven't. (laughs) And actually a lot of you that maybe had um, dogs and puppies in the pandemic, you may not have had the opportunity to practice some of these things as you might have liked to. I had a pandemic puppy and we didn't have anywhere near as many guests as I would have liked to. And that is something that she has struggled with and that we're still working on because there just weren't people coming around. I didn't have anyone to my house for well over a year I think something like that so just really thinking about focusing on those life skills throughout your dog's life and this will help you to be a more compassionate teacher to your dog but also a more compassionate learner because even though you take on the role of teaching your dog teaching them these skills you're also in that learner role because your dog is constantly giving you feedback. So when you think you've taught a skill, (laughs) you think you've taught a fantastic, I don't know, sit and stay, let's say, and then you go to the park and you try and do it and your dog gets up straight away and you're like, okay, I'm in the learner role now. My dog is giving me very clear teaching that actually what I think I've taught, I haven't quite taught yet or I haven't taught it in this environment or with this level of distractions. So I always want to think of myself and my dog as in that kind of two sides of a scale. One minute I'm the teacher, the next minute I'm the learner. And your dog will never give you misinformation they don't lie (laughs) they're much better than people in that respect so if your dog is telling you I can't do this thing right now then it's your job to adopt that learner role and say right why can't you do that right now let's look at this what is going wrong is it something in my fundamental teaching is it something about the environment is it something about the level of practice what is hard for you right now and you need to identify that and it could be a number of things and then you need to take your training back a level go back to that skills level or that life skills level and think about building yourself from there before you think about some of those multi-skills and those advanced skills they're all the really wonderful exciting impressive things that we want to be able to show people and they're great I do all of these things with my dog but the most important thing is that life skills level to start with and really embracing being able to be a learner as well as a teacher Okay, if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could share it with someone you think might benefit from it so that we can help more dogs and their people. Until next time, bye.
Hi again. If you would like some more support in helping your dog to learn their skills, their multi-skills, their advanced skills, and most importantly, their foundational skills, you might like to join us inside my monthly training membership, Canine Connection. We're not open just now, but if you would like to join the waiting list to be the first to know when we do open, you can find the link in the show notes. Take care. Bye.